Better safe than sorry, says wise Mama Bear. Let's follow her rule and be careful out there. Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bear cast. I'm your host, Phil Gonzalez, and this week we're getting safe. We're getting sound. Found out today that the expression safe and sound goes back to like the 1400s and that like sound is like early English. Like uh, it's that's a it's a way using sound to mean uh, like all together and in one piece and healthy uh, is I think it's an older usage than sound as like what we how we think of sound today. I guess we use sound. We still use sound to mean sturdy and safe. Like, oh, this, does this feel sound? Yeah, well, this feels sound. I mean, I guess I, that's not proof that we use it. I just said it in a sentence, which I guess I'm quoting myself in the moment saying that. So it's not really uh, proof that we still, but I've, have you, I've heard people use that expression. This, this doesn't feel sound means sturdy, safe, in one piece. Uh, but there's also like sound, like it's a, like a, a body of water. That's another sound uh, or sound the depths. Uh, so sound has many different meanings. This has nothing to do with what we're discussing now. I, I just wanted you to know that like, it's a fun expression. It's a funny expression to use in a book, like a children's book, safe and I, I started thinking about it. Like why, what does safe and sound mean? Why do we say, we say safe and sound, but only as an expression. Like to us, it means like really safe, like really in a good way safe and sound like you're not only in you're not only not in danger you have not been harmed by danger like you have you 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 did not escape danger with injuries you simply have avoided danger and the danger never caught up with you and you're fine you're fine i guess in england or other places they would say safe as houses which i mean i guess if you live in a safe house it's probably safe. Strangely, not if you live in a safe house. Like if you're in a safe house, you're probably doing okay. How's your house? Pretty safe. Like right now, it's I'm pretty safe. But if someone was like, I'm living in a safe house, then you're like, okay, you're probably not safe or not as safe as I am living in a safe house. If you're living in a safe, you're probably the worst off of all. If you're living in a safe and sound house, I guess you're doing great. This house, my house is pretty safe and sound. It's fairly sound. Uh, this week's book, The Berenstain Bears, safe and sound. They are safe. They are sound. They are safe and sound. And this book is from 2009. It's by Jan and Mike Berenstain. And if you remember from last week, and if you don't, it's because you don't listen to this show. If you remember from last week, though, I made a big deal out of the fact that the art was looking wonky in this period, that I was impressed with the art from the this period's uh, like uh, Living Lights books. But from the main series, I was like, something's going on with the art. Last week's book was, of course, the Baron St. Bears go out to eat. Spoiler alert, they do. Uh, this week's book, Baron St. Bears Safe and Sound, you can see just by comparing the covers, these are two... These are two different art styles. Like the, you just you can just tell. There's a the bears' faces look different. Uh, they're they're the the line the movement feels different. Uh, the cover of Safe and Sound is a much more dynamic image than the cover of Go Out to Eat. Whereas the cover of Go Out to Eat is just a bunch of tired, unhappy bears struggling with their dinner. Uh, the cover of Safe and Sound is Mama Bear chasing after the cubs as they skateboard away from, from the treehouse, uh, clutching her, her, their helmets and pads, yelling at them to be safe and sound while Papa plays with Honey Bear in the background. That's literally all we'll see of Honey Bear in this book. She makes no impression on this story. Uh, but what is this book about, Safe and Sound? Well, it's an interesting artifact from 2009 uh, because... 
This is not a this is not a coincidence, by the way, that this came out in 2009. By 2009, the skateboarding pastime that had been so popular starting in the 1960s in California, if you want any history of skateboarding, there's like documentaries about it. I'll let you come up with those names. Dogtown, maybe one of them it seems to ring a bell. I don't really remember. In any case, if you grew, if you knew anything about skate, started really started gaining. I mean, it was invented before then, but it started re, it hit the national consciousness in like the '60s. That's around the time that like California culture, like as far as like the surfing, skating culture was like, oh, like uh, the movies started coming. People started seeing. In any case, by the 1970s, people were skateboarding. And by people, I mean teenagers. And by teenagers, I mean male teenagers, more or less. Like, it was sort of, it's always, it always had this reputation as, like, sort of a guy's pastime. It wasn't even really a sport yet. It was just a way to get from point A to point B. And in between, you could do some pretty cool tricks. Now, as the 80s and 90s progressed, skateboarding uh, became sort of codified as a sport, as a as what would be known as an extreme sport in some cases, but ultimately just a uh, uh, a sport of skill, uh, a, competi a competitive sport, not unlike ice skating or anything where you're sort of judged not only on, not from like, I got to the end of this race fastest, but also like I did some tricks and I got some points and some judges had to look at me and that kind of thing. I'm going to do these tricks, one, two, and three, and you're going to see if I do them okay or if I fall down while I'm doing There's all kinds of rules uh, in skateboarding. It was in the, in the Olympics this year. It was a really big deal. We got to watch some skaters skate. Uh, when I was in junior high in the late 80s, early 90s, late 80s, uh, skater culture had carried with it certain connotations. And those connotations were that you were kind of the dangerous kid. You weren't dangerous in the same sense of the dangerous kids who would just walk right up to you and hurt you. You were dangerous in the sense that you probably smoked. You probably listened to music that I had never heard of. You probably did not care that I existed. And you were probably going to ignore me if I tried to get your attention in the lunchroom. That's what a skater was. Also, you wore clothes like t-shirts with long sleeve shirts over them you wore shorts that went down to your knees and you wore canvas shoes that's that to my baby a backwards baseball cap or even a forwards baseball cap but it had a logo on it that was like sewn on and not like stitched on that's what a skater was to me uh and, and, but so so there was this culture around it i grew up in texas so we were like five years behind what was actually happening in any case skating culture uh definitely a teenager thing though preteen teenagery thing uh, as the years went by, skating became more, skateboarding became more popular, uh, and skateboards themselves advanced in technology. So suddenly, skateboards were sleeker, they were bigger, they were, f or yeah, they were faster. Uh, also, they became more mass-produced, but there was there was more power behind them. And as as we know from physics. The more power you put behind something that is moving you, the more dangerous it becomes when that thing that is moving you stops moving you all of a sudden. And the more power that is behind the vehicle you are in or on, uh, the more it's going to hurt when you hit the ground after it has stopped suddenly. And that is what it began happening with skateboarding. Skateboarding, which has always seemed as a pretty, you know, risky 
pastime uh, was suddenly a dangerous pastime uh, if you were caught without protective gear because these super fast skateboards, which could get up to 40 miles an hour, I mean, on an open stretch, you weren't doing 40 miles an hour down the sidewalk, but if you were at an open stretch, you could get pretty fast on a skateboard. Uh, you were going to get very hurt if you flew off the skateboard. Uh, you were either going to break bones or you were going to break brains. And that is where the 2000 tens come in uh i would say like oh, what was it like it was 2000 like 2000 to 2010 all these studies started coming out uh in scientific journals about the dangers of various sports as they related to brain injury and in 2010 i have it right here uh in 2010 a report was published in the oh, where's the name of that in the journal of trauma injury infection and critical care to the october 2010 issue called uh, skateboard related injuries not to be taken lightly a national trauma data bank analysis now this was a big deal study uh when it came out because this was the first statistical study that had been done on uh patients, children who were admitted into the hospital uh, of all ages, between the age of birth to like 18 years old. This was a huge deal. Um, and so they were like, what, we're, we're trying to figure out uh, what the what the level of injury is to, to children as, as they skateboard. And so, you know, not to, not to bore you with numbers, but what ended up happening was that out of the 2,270, 2,270 admissions, so of course it's a, you know, you can't experiment with this. You can't like do a, like a, a control group or anything. Like you, you have to, this is a statistical report because you can't force children to skateboard without protective gear and see who gets hurt. Uh, so of the 2,270 admissions due to skateboard related injuries, which was only 0.1% of like hospital admissions, uh, because skateboarding, like, people, it's not as popular as biking. Uh, 107, 187 of those patients were children under the age of 10 years. So they're like, all right, well, that's 8% of the patients. We know that young children are skateboarding. And that as the children got older, you found that they were more and more and more susceptible to brain injury. And so they were like, well, what's that all about? Like, why are why kids under the younger you got, the more susceptible they were to broken arms, more or less. And the older you got, the more susceptible you were to brain injury. Well, what's that all about? Come to find out it's because as the older you got, the less likely you were to wear a helmet. And the the conclusions they came to was that age was a significant you know, part of your what, what injuries you were going to get, but then also that skateboard-related injuries are associated with a high incidence of traumatic brain injury and like long bone fractures. But we're looking at traumatic brain injury here, uh, and that the that that helmet utilization they went to the they, you know, they 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 were these are scientists who were putting these numbers together and statisticians, and they with all the variables in place, they discovered that uh, helmet utilization. Uh, and having designated skateboard areas, which are a more controlled environment, we're talking skate parks here, uh, significantly reduced the incidence of serious head injuries. And by serious head injuries, they mean skull fractures and uh, brain injuries, the the whiplash injuries, uh, which are which are caused by the brain, the head stopping suddenly and the brain bouncing around inside the skull. Remember, your brain is the consistency of jello while it's in there, and it's not designed to be protected if you 
fall off a skateboard. It's just not, not the way it goes. You, whether you're, you're, I don't know what you call it, like ollieing or flip kicking or uh, doing the thing in the where you go up in the air and you like grab the front of the skateboard. Your body's not designed, has not evolved to protect its brain against those injuries. So this report came out. And it was a big deal. Uh, it basically said like, wear your knee pads, wear your shoulder pads or skin shin pads or elbow pads, whatever you wear in skateboarding, and wear that helmet. It was nice, and it was nice. I mean, these studies had been sort of conducted over over time, but this was the first one that really divided it up by age group and by which injuries were more likely to hit which ages. Uh, so this is where the big push, I mean, the push had been going for helmets for a while now, but this was the first like real big scientific push, like get out there, wear your helmet. Now this is 2010. Safe and Sound came out in 2009. So I find that I find that the sort of like confluence of of dates interesting. The, the fact that it was enough in the public awareness that the Berenstains were like, we got to, you know, we need to do a book on helmet safety, basically, or the importance of safety gear. That it's not that we're not. I don't know. We're not. You know, it's not an exaggeration. You you really should. Uh, protect yourself. And it is the parent's responsibility to make sure the child's protected. This is me going on my soapbox about brain injury. You don't want to get a brain injury regardless. You don't want a brain injury. It's not fun. It's not easy. It doesn't make your life any better to have a brain injury. Uh, there are things you can learn from it. Uh, as Kevin Kling, uh, local storyteller and local brain injury advocate says, uh, with any kind of injury, uh, be it short-term or long-term, you can grow from it. There are things that you can get out of it, uh, but uh, you just don't want to, you don't want to pursue a brain injury. And skateboarding without protective gear is pursuing a brain injury. See also riding a motorcycle uh, and other things. So Berenstain Bear Safe and Sound comes out. It's 2009. It's right on the cusp of brain injury awareness, of helmet awareness. I am at this point happily working at the Minnesota Brain Injury Alliance now for four years. I am not, however, reading Berenstain Bear's books at this point. So I did not see this book when it came out, but uh, I would soon be aware of this book. I was also aware this book was unusual looking because it's a Mike Berenstain book. And at this point, I was not, as we learned last week, really familiar with like the Mike era yet. So I knew the bears looked kind of strange. The, the layout was kind of weird. And also, I, I wasn't aware that they had switched publishers by this point. So I was like, why does everything look slightly off? Why does it look a little bizarre? Well, that's why. But what is the Berenstain Bear safe and sound about? Is it actually just about helmets? Well, it's not just about helmets. It's about elbow guards, wrist guards, and knee pads. As you can see in the first spot, before the story even begins, before we even get to the title of the book, well, we are given a, a, like a diagram of what you wear when you skateboard. You wear a helmet, you wear elbow guards, wrist guards, and knee pads. Now, this book is set in a weird version of bear country that we've never experienced before. And that weird version of bear country is a bear country where... Uh, brother and sister bear, they skateboard a lot. Like they, they each have their own skateboards and they are eager to get out, get out there and skate those boards to, 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 to put wheels to, well, d dirt, dirt. I guess they're all terrain skateboards because this is a sunny dirt road deep in bear country and they're hopping on their skateboards, which apparently are equipped with just little metal wheels. So these are like Marty McFly skateboards, like from the 1950s. These are skateboards that a boy has torn off of a of a child's roller skate based scooter, and uh, they're going to town. I bet they're flying down that dirt road at speeds up to three miles an hour. But Mama Bear comes out. She's like, "Wait a minute, hold up! I've got to enact the cover of the book because there's a splash, like a two page spread of 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 the cover. Like if you look at the if you look at the cover." <laughs> 
<laughs> and then you look at that page. Uh, they just adapted it into the cover, which I guess makes sense. I guess it's a good it's a good image. Mama running after the Cubs carrying their helmets and their knee, and their shoulder pads. Or they don't wear shoulder pads. You don't wear shoulder pads. I keep saying shoulder pads. It's knee pads, wrist guards, elbow pads, and safety helmets. And they're like, why do we wear those? We're just going to the schoolyard. Now, the statistics also say that most childhood brain injuries take place within like a very short distance from home. And like most car accidents occurring within like a mile of your home, it doesn't mean that it's more dangerous near your house. That's not what statistics mean. It just means that children tend to stay near their houses. That's kids are going to get injured near their homes because that's where they live. They live near their homes. So but statistically, you're you're there. So when the kids say we're just going to the schoolyard, that is neither here nor there. It doesn't matter where you're going or how close it is. You are just as likely to hurt yourself three yards from your front door as you are three miles from your front door. That's because that's how brain injury works. All it takes is one fall and that can happen anywhere. And uh, mama's like, better safe than sorry. Uh, and they're like, but the helmets, are, the helmets stink. They're hot, they're heavy. And she's like, look, if you want to do this, you got to do this. If you want to do this, you have to wear the helmets. You want to skateboard? You want to skate on your boards? Put on your helmets. And so the kids are like, fine. They they skate off. They're not happy. But mama has crossed her arms. And the kids know better than to argue with her when her arms are crossed. Now, sometimes we get into it about mama bear. We say that she's a little bit of a know-it-all. She's a little bit of a smarty pants. She's a little smug. She likes knowing it all. And I say that's true. Sometimes I think she gets a little bit of a bad rap for that. But in this case, she is absolutely right. Uh, uh, there is your job as a parent is to say, this needs to be done safely. If you're going to do this, you're going to do it safely. And the kids will say, I don't want to wear a helmet. I don't want to wear my protective gear. I look like a nerd. And you say, you can look like a nerd or you can look like a kid not on a skateboard. Which do you want it to be? Uh, you can do this safely or you cannot do it. Which do you want to do? And sometimes the kids will say, fine, I'm just not going to do it. And you as a parent have every right to say, okay, I, that affects me not at all. And they can say, you spent $100 on, I don't know how much they cost, but you spent $100 on this skateboard. You don't want me to use it? And you can say, no, oh, because I would rather you not use that expensive skateboard than expend time in the emergency room. And then weeks later, were you recovering from a concussion? Like I just, that's, or like in a cast because we had to get your arm, I was going to say removed, but that's not what you do when you break your arm. We have to get your arm replaced or repaired. That's what happens with an arm. Uh, so the Cubs go skateboarding off and they get to the Bear Country School, which is where they were going to skateboard. They like to skateboard in the, at school uh, in the, in the like, paved playground area. And there's a new sign up. It says no skateboarding allowed on weekends by order of Mr. Honeycomb principal. Uh, now, they don't just see this notice. They notice that cubs have gathered around this notice. Now, who who is there? Who has arrived at the Bear Country School to go skateboarding? Queenie, maybe? Cousin Fred? Maybe Lizzie Bruin? Uh, try everyone. Every cub in Bear Country is now a skateboard fanatic. The skateboarding is the most popular thing you can do as a cub in bear country. We have never witnessed this before. Uh, the cubs in, in bear country have never shown any particular affinity for skateboarding. They're not like, let's go, let's go skating now. Everybody's learning how. This is this is a new revelation. So this is like an alternate universe somewhere where we're skateboarding. Like they all saw Back to the Future. They all got very excited. Uh, but yeah, they're all skateboarding. I like their helmets. They've all got their helmets on. Uh, they're colorful. They're polka dotty. Their skateboards are all different colors. Uh, this is like the largest group of elementary school age skaters I've ever witnessed. Uh, but they're not allowed to skate. Uh, Cousin Fred's like, oh no, we aren't allowed to skateboard here anymore. And everyone goes. You skateboard, cousin Fred? You, you're a skater? You you do the skate? Didn't know that. You? 
Fred's like, yes, I've, I've been skating for years, obviously. I have my own skateboard and my helmet. And they're like, you? Like, you, of, of all people, you are the one who's upset about the skate? You? I mean, I guess. Like, maybe Barry Bruin, but you? Uh, Queenie says, Mr. Honeycomb said it's too dangerous to skateboard when the teachers aren't on duty to keep an eye on us. To which I say, uh, why didn't you tell us before, Queenie? If you knew that he said that and wasn't going to allow skateboarding, why are we all here? Why didn't you? Why are we here? We came here to skateboard, and so did you, apparently, knowing full well that we're no longer allowed to. In any case, that's Queenie for you. I guess she wants to know things and then rub it in at the last possible minute. So brother and sister go home. Are they upset? Um, I'd say they are. They are uh, scowling with faces I have never seen brother and sister scowl with. They have the angriest cub faces. Also, uh, sister has a bow on top of her helmet, which is hilarious because we know it's sister bear she's wearing the full jumper but also uh you would want that bow on top of the helmet. You, you you don't want the bow under the helmet uh helmet safety tip things like barrettes or beads or bows anything in your hair uh that can sit under the helmet you don't want it you don't want hair knots or anything like that under a helmet why because when you land and you hit your head uh the helmet if you if you land like right th- if you have like a, a knot right here a top knot or a or a bow and you hit here it all that force is going to get concentrated right there and it in instead of the helmet protecting you it has the potential to actually act like a like a concentrated bead of power uh almost as if you were hitting yourself in the head with a uh with a with a small hammer so you don't want that you want to keep those things out from under your helmet so yeah put it on top of the helmet sister if you crash you're going to lose that bow which is weird in any case they're going home and they are set upon by too tall and his gang who are all very tall at this point uh not not only too tall but if you see later on in the book the uh vinnie and 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 the gang are all very tall they're all as tall as too tall i guess he's not too tall anymore he is just he's just boy child i guess not too tall uh, because everyone's about that height i guess uh so he's making fun of their helmets and their 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 pads but he's like look i know that i know that the school got closed for skateboarding but why don't you uh why don't you come where we we've, we've set up a place to skate and sister and brother are like wow really he's like yeah, yeah yeah we made our own private skate park it's right over here and uh they sneak them off into the woods now this is where you would expect two talls had some kind of trick up his sleeve uh why else would he single out brother and sister bear and lead them off alone into the woods why would he do that unless he was going to trick them in some way well i'll tell you why it's because too tall is an awesome dude who set up his own skate park in the middle of the woods look at that uh he has uh, a skate park uh with four homemade boards uh against a rail he's they've got their own ramp they've got a half pipe and they've got uh i don't i don't even know what this thing is like a stump with some boards nailed to it there's all kind of, it looks pretty unsafe pretty splintery but it's a skate park they made a skate park in the middle of the woods uh using just wood they found like this is for a bunch of bullies uh between this and like stealing cigarettes, Too Tall and his gang are shaping up to be like some of the more like active cubs in bear country. Like they're pretty, they're pretty on the ball. Uh, so they're like, wow, we can use this. He's like, yep. Oh, there's only one rule. No safety gear allowed. Safety is for sissies. And so the cubs are like, oh, well, all right. And brother and sister tear all over this skate park. They tear it up. 
Whoopee, yelled brother. Geronimo, shouted sister. Brother zoomed off a hollow tree halfpipe while sister uh, did a grab as she shot up from an old stump ramp. So uh, looks like this party is about to get a little off the hook until Too Tall crashes. Too Tall crashes, uh, lands in a bush, which is probably the safest place to crash if you're going to crash, and uh, gets his, as they used to say, bell rung. This is an old expression that we don't use anymore, which is where you get hit in the head very hard or you fall and you uh, see stars. And you can't tell how many fingers a person is holding up in front of your face, which is what happens to Too Tall. How many fingers can you see, said brother, holding three fingers in front of Too Tall's nose. Uh, twelve, guess Too Tall. His eyes rolling around. We're in a weird place again. This is another Berenstain Bears book that has now brought brain injury into the, into the story. And it chooses to ignore it, even though Too Tall is not doing well. He's, he's very unwell. Um... He wants to go back. He wants to get back on the ramp, and his friends are trying to get him back on his skateboard. The Cubs are like, "Ah, God, I have, I gotta go," and uh, they leave. They leave them with the with the with the other bears bouncing off the trees. Now they go home, and they're pretty glum. And Papa's like, "Why are you back so soon?" And they're like, "Schoolyard's closed. We can't skateboard there anymore. Too tall's a place in the woods, but it's not safe. He won't let us use our safety gear." Now Papa's like, "Huh." I'm a problem solver. I'm a problem solving bear. I think I got a good idea. Let's build our own skate park. Now, if Too Tall and a bunch of miscreants can build a skate park, certainly Papa Bear and the Cubs can build a skate park. They get very excited. Papa's like, I got some, I'm a carpenter. I got some extra boards. Obviously, building an entire skate park is going to take more than the boards you have in your garage, Papa, but okay. So he and the Cubs uh, go to Farmer Ben. They're like, look, you've got this pasture you never use. Can we borrow your unused pasture? And Farmer Ben's like, I think that's a fine idea, Papa Ben. And now it just says that Farmer Ben thought it was a fine idea. I'm going to assume the conversation between Papa and Farmer Ben was a lot longer than can we use your unused pasture for a skate park. I, I assume that it was like Papa Bear being more like, we got something that's going to help the kids in Bear Town and also keep them out of your pumpkin patch. Like, I, I assume that you had to sweeten the deal for Farmer Ben a little bit. I can't imagine him being too keen on the idea of a bunch of kids skateboarding near his farm. Like, it seems like he's like, skateboarding? Why, that's what the that's what all them drug dealers do. Like, I can see Farmer Ben being a little wary of having a bunch of skateboarding teens near his farm. However, Papa manages to talk him into it. And uh, Mama, Papa, Sister, Brother, and even Little Honey, I don't know how, but even Little Honey, uh, design it. Papa was the carpenter, and Mama and Honey were the painters. So... They design a full-size skate park. And when I say a full-size skate park, I mean an honest-to-goodness full-size skate park with like a half-pipe and ramps and other ramps. I don't know what everything's called. There's just like a lot of ramps. Uh, and uh, seating. There's like, this is a real, this is a real deal. This is the real deal. So word gets around about the skate park. Other bears start showing up to help. Uh, Officer Marguerite, Grizzly Gus, Farmer Ben, Teacher Bob, uh, Principal Honeycomb, they all come down to uh, to to build a skate park for the kids. Uh, park is finished. Uh, they decide it'll be the official Bear Country Skate Park. Honeypot gives a speech, and all the cubs rush in. Now, this is clever on the part of the city uh, because it's on private property. It was built by private citizens. And then the city sweeps in and is like, I declare this to be the official skate park of Beartown. And everyone's like, hooray. And I'm like, so you didn't pay for this. Like private citizens paid for this. And then you simply declared it 
the official skate park. Like, and you gave a speech and you put your seal on it, but no tax dollars went to paying for the skate park. No one got paid for building this skate park. It was just, that's what they, like, that was it. They, they, you, they built you a skate park, Mayor Honeycomb. And now you're going to be known as the mayor who built Bear Town's Honey Park. I find that very strange, very shifty on his part and uh, very short-sighted. It should be the Bear Family Skate Park. Like, Papa, th- that's who built it. It was Papa's idea and his family designed and put it together. It should be the, the Bear Family Skate Park, not Bear Country Skate Park. That's just me going. Uh, all the Cubs are very excited. Even Tutal's excited. He shows up in his little helmet. Tutal looks weird in a helmet, by the way. The, all the helmets look weird. Tutal looks weird in a helmet because they look like shower caps. They look like shower caps on their heads. They just, they sit weird. Um, and the rule is safety gear must be worn at all times. The Bear Country Skate Park. And Tutal says, well, like I always say, better safe than sorry. And he's wearing his helmet that says 2T on top, uh, which is weird. Like it's the number two hyphen capital letter T. Tutal's name isn't too tall it's not t-w-o tall it's too tall he's too tall it is hyphenated but it's not the number two it's your helmet makes no sense son is what i'm saying and the cubs look pretty smug as only the cubs can look uh looking at too tall that's the berenstain bears safe and sound a far superior book to the berenstain bears go out to eat the berenstain bears go out to eat was a book about the berenstain bears going out to eat not enjoying it very much Spoiler alert, they do Brad Mariskin. The Berenstain Bears Safe and Sound is about the bears not safing and sounding. Uh, it's about the bears like finding a reason to be safe, like understanding the reasons behind being safe, seeing firsthand how injury can occur. Now, again, they sort of flippantly use brain injury to make a point like they did in the this soccer book where sister bear gets like crashed into her skull and then she's like, I'm fine. And she goes out and finishes again. Brain injury is a little more serious than that. Too tall. Should have seen a doctor. However, I applaud the use of, of the parents taking charge of the children's safety. Uh, I applaud them showing how children sometimes push back against safety measures. And I applaud mama putting her foot down and saying, if you're going to do this, you're going to do it the safe way. You're not going to do it at all. I also applaud Papa bear stepping in and helping out with his hands. Showing the strength of the two parents. Mama is there. Mama is the more, she's more immediate in her focus. Like she, Papa identifies problems, but it takes him a while to formulate a solution to those problems. Mama immediately identifies problems and takes an acute action. She's like, okay, this is a problem. I got to take care of it right now. Here's how I'm going to take care of it in the moment. The immediate problem. Papa Bear, I think, comes across as uninvolved sometimes or you know mama comes across as as the scold or the one who lays down the rules because papa papa's in in more like involved in the long game so mama's like you gotta wear your helmet you gotta wear your knee pads you're not going out skating papa's like i'm gonna build a park (laughs) so that you can always be safe because as we learned from the study done 2010 skate parks reduce skate injury skate parks are controlled environments yes they are still very hard the ground is very hard this like most they're most they're concrete mostly uh but it's a controlled environment it's predictable if they're maintained well they're safe uh it's not kids trying to skate up and down stairwells or you know like in local office parks it is a place that is designed to have skateboards in it the rails are the appropriate width the ramps are the appropriate length uh, so even though you will get hurt because it's skateboarding, you uh, have a better chance of coming out without a broken arm or a brain injury. If you're really little, broken arm, probably because older kids are better at catching themselves and avoiding that. And if you're a younger kid or an older kid, brain injury. Younger kid, broken arm. Older kid, brain injury. If you're a parent, not a skateboarding parent, I don't have time to address that. 
If you're a parent and your kids skateboard, make them more safety gear. Just make them more safety gear. Uh, if they hate it, they can't skateboard. That's the Phil, Phil way. Phil says, wear a helmet skateboarding. Again, I work for the Minnesota Brain Injury Alliance. Uh, I have seen my share of children with brain injuries. It's not fun. You don't want them. You want, I mean, you want the kids. They're nice children, but you don't want the brain injuries in the children. You want the children to be brain injury free. And so, yeah, keep those helmets on. Keep the helmets on. This is the first, like, real book in the series that has been like, no, wear your helmets. And I'm going to agree. That book's 12 years old. Still true today. Keep wearing helmets. Uh, and that's it. That is the very same, very safe and sound. Oh, if you if you want to get it, you can still buy it. It's still available. It's in print. You can just hop online and buy a copy if you want one. Uh, and I would say it's a good, it's a decent book. You get some good skateboarding action. Uh, it's colorful. The 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 characters are drawn well. The the movement's very fluid. Uh, the lines are very bold and heavy. It's not sketchy like Go Out to Eat. It's it's uh it it looks different from the previous books. The character designs are slightly altered evolved but uh yeah Baron St. Bears they're safe and sound that's all I can say about it they're safe they're sound they're safe and sound uh so that's it uh go on get safe and sound and if you like the show keep listening to it or watching the videos when I post them of myself doing the show uh otherwise you can find me on twitter at bstainbearcast you can write to me at baronstainbearcast at gmail.com you can listen to my other shows uh, I do a show called pizza toast with Christy Admiral where we discuss the babysitters club media adaptations and when we don't have babysitters club media adaptations to discuss we discuss other things we just this time by the time this episode goes out we will have finished covering all of the sisterhood of the traveling pants books which is exciting i have another show that is currently on hiatus called it's del toro time that i do with my older child willow which we've been doing for years now uh we've been covering the movies that influence the career of game of del toro so if you're into that check that out it's del toro time uh we'll be we'll be getting back up and running any day now uh the end of the summer was pretty stressful and beginning of the college school year was pretty stressful so we're feeling it out we're gonna get back going but uh keep listening keep uh talking sharing the show i guess if you like it tell tell people to listen to it i don't know like what do you do i'm just i'm doing this i'm gonna be doing it anyway may as well listen to it uh and i'll see you all next time deep in bear country